This is the Epilogue audio experience. We can't hear other people's stories without being changed by them, right? I'm living in a story, and maybe I can change that story if I want to. Clearly, you're afraid that that's the truth, but is that necessarily true? Huh, where's that coming from? Where did I learn this negative voice? You're allowing them to invest in themselves, to put skin in the game where they're gonna value it even more. Hello and welcome to season three, episode two of the Passion People podcast. My name is Naga. The Passion People podcast chronicles stories of people who follow their passion and make it manifest in tangible ways. Now, we're taking it one step further by focusing and enabling passionate creators and independent artists to monetize in the context of COVID-19. As part of our conversation today, we're talking to Jane Carter, who is a business coach and a successful psychotherapist who has experience of over 20 years. We talk about a mental model for creators who are looking to monetize, the narrative in our heads and how it impacts us, the questions and the assumptions that we make about the world and how do we get better by doing what scares you. If all of this seems interesting, tune into this conversation. Here we go. Hi, Jane. Hello and welcome to the Passion People podcast. Thank you so much for taking all the time to be on the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me here. I am honored to be here with you. It's a really interesting background that you have. You're a psychotherapist and a business coach, and you you help people who follow their passion and you help them put it into action. So really, really excited to be talking to you. And for for our conversation, I'd like to focus on you know how we can help people who are achieving their passion and following their passion, and how they can start to look at it as like a business in itself. Given how mm-hmm. there's a lot of financial impact for people around COVID, I believe that by doing this, that they would derive a lot of value. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to talk about it. And I love what you're doing, encouraging people to pursue their passions. Obviously, that's, <laughs> that's something that's very important to me. And I think especially when it comes to applying your passion to a business, it just brings so much more energy and motivation to building that business when you really do care about it and have a sense of purpose with it. Absolutely. Can I request you to maybe wind back the clock for us a little bit and uh, tell us about your your own journey for just a little bit before we dive into this? Absolutely. So I have been a psychotherapist for almost 20 years and, and that came from a place of passion. I, I really care about helping people I had benefited from therapy myself, uh, so I really wanted to be able to share that with other people. And I, at some point, I wanted to go into private practice and work for myself, but I was so scared, and I kept letting my fear get in the way, and kept letting my fear get in the way. And and finally, I had a business coach who helped me get up my courage to start my own business, and I started a private practice, and it. It has been amazing and wonderful. And I found myself wanting to help my other therapist friends when they were starting their private practices. And so what happened is that I realized how many parallels there were between the work I was doing as a therapist and the work I was doing coaching other therapists and other small business people. Um, Because 
therapy, I'm helping people deal with their fears and with their kind of stories and assumptions about themselves and about the world. And I'm helping them learn how change works. And as a business coach, you know, I wasn't just saying, all right, here's how to do your marketing. I was also realizing, oh my goodness, you know, people's fears are coming up and their stories and assumptions and all their their thoughts about how does change really happen. And, and so I, I love this work. I love being a business coach um, because in some ways it's a therapeutic process in itself. Uh, right. Because as people get success in their business, they, they're also healing some of their old pain points and old stories about themselves. One, one of the things I need to ask you, right, and this might sound like a really naive question, but what's the difference between sure. like a psychotherapist, a psychiatrist, and a psychologist? Oh, that's a great question. And there are so many categories, right? Um, so a, a psychiatrist, mostly they are focusing on the medical side of it. And, and you know, they tend to um, be diagnosing and prescribing medications. Um, psychologists have, they, they have some pretty in-depth uh, scientific training as well as clinical training. And they tend to do, well, they can do a lot of things. They can be therapists, but they can also be doing research and that kind of thing. And then counselors and social workers and marriage and family counselors are pretty much primarily just doing that individual work with people. So so I call myself a psychotherapist, but I'm a licensed professional counselor. I have a master's degree. I had two years of graduate school and then a bunch of training to get my license. So it's, it's all conversational uh, healing, right? It's about, you know, talking to people, getting to understand what uh, their problems are and really working through them and uh, working. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there are a lot of different ways to approach that work, that, that work of healing. My approach tends to be, oh, well, a lot of listening. I'm kind of a teacher. I, I like to get out my whiteboard and, you know, and educate people about how things work and how the brain work. Helping people question their assumptions and look at things from a very different perspective and, and challenge those assumptions. So, so many of us don't even know what's the narrative that's that's there on our mind that right that's we don't know the narrative oh, running no. in our head uh, and we don't know the assumptions that we're making from the decisions that we are taking right essentially absolutely so, we're always we're oh my gosh i could go on and on about this naga <laughs> you do, you um, do. There, well there's you know there's an old story about there's an old joke about the two goldfish in the in the bowl and one of them says, you know, the water's kind of cold today. And the other one says, water? What's water? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, we are so steeped in our culture. We're so steeped in all of the things that we learned from our parents about how the world works and about ourselves. We, we take in all this information when we're kids from our experiences and, and we sort of bake it into ourselves. And we assume that just because we're thinking something or feeling something, it must be true. And it's such a beautiful thing to be able to go, you know what, you are in this goldfish bowl. And if you could step outside of it, <laughs> you'd realize, oh, this is just the water I'm swimming in. There could be a completely different story about what's happening here. I'm sure 
sure you've experienced this in what you're doing with the podcast. We can't hear other people's stories without being changed by them, right? That's the primary motivator. Yeah. So when you're when you're introducing other people to these wonderful stories, this is how we change, and this is how we realize, oh, I'm I'm living in a story, and maybe I can change that story if I want to. You know, maybe I'm maybe I've got some assumptions to challenge and maybe something's possible. You know, maybe there's a much bigger fishbowl that I could be swimming in. Tell us how your uh, transition happened like from being uh, someone who's helping people to someone who's helping their businesses and how you see this happening now with, uh, you know, whatever's happening around us. Before, uh, yeah, we're, we're recording this during the pandemic. And before all of that hit, I already had gone through the experience in starting my own business of having to take a lot of risks and have some big failures and overcome those failures and learn from them, you know, take some more risks and, and kind of tweak along the way. And, and I always say my kind of my two mottos that I constantly come back to are do it scared and take imperfect action. I was already in the midst of that, you know, again, not only with my own business, but helping my very passionate solopreneurs embrace those two ideas is they're taking risks and putting their heart into their businesses and sometimes having their hearts broken by their businesses. But then when COVID hit, it really came into play, right? That, okay, now there's a lot of fear swirling around. When people are in fear, they tend to kind of go back to their default stories even harder. And what I mean by default story is if someone's walking around without realizing it going, I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough, right? Or nothing's safe, nothing's safe, nothing's safe. You know, we, we always have these tapes playing in the background. So when a crisis hits, it's really tempting in the midst of that fear to double down on those fear on those those old stories and beliefs right so even more i have found myself having to really question people's assumptions so like if my clients started saying i'm not going to get any more clients nobody's paying for this nobody is going to pay for therapy or no one's going to pay a dietitian or you know no one's going to spend money on creative work no one wants to buy art right now i had to question those assumptions and say clearly you're afraid that that's the truth but is that necessarily true and and what if it's possible that this in some weird way could turn out to be the best thing that's ever happened to your business. This is just going to be fascinating to see what happens. <laughs> and, and so I hope I'm answering your question. I know I'm talking in really general terms. Yes, yes, you are. You are. Please continue. Okay, great. So as we're going through these difficult times, and, and whether that's the difficult time of going through a pandemic or just the difficult time of being a passionate person who's taking a huge risk on their business, we constantly have to be aware of those old stories that keep wanting to come up and learn how to question them and learn how to... And, and I, I want to say question them with curiosity. I'll go on another little side note here. Back in the day, I, I used to tell people as a therapist, I used to tell people, you know, when that negative voice comes up telling you you're not good enough, you just tell it to shut up and you just don't listen to that. And one of the huge shifts that I've made, and I've learned this from other therapists, is instead of telling that negative voice to shut up, 
to bring curiosity to it and go, you know what, that, that even that negative voice was kind of a survival skill that might have helped me get through some tough things as a kid. When my inner perfectionist is coming out, instead of going, shut up, perfectionist, <laughs> can I go, okay, I think this perfectionist voice is trying to keep me from getting hurt. And it's trying to ask me to be cautious because it's feeling scared right now. And it's been through some tough stuff as a kid. So can I just be curious about that voice and go, huh, where's that coming from? Where did I learn this negative voice? Is it necessarily true? Can I allow it to chatter, but take imperfect action anyway? And just kind of roll with it. I love that. So yeah. I absolutely love it. Like, the, the panel for me is that basically you're saying deal with your own voices or your insecurities the way you deal with your best friend, right? Like you, yeah. when your best friend tells you whatever, 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 you don't tell them, please shut up, right? You engage <laughs> in like a real conversation with that person asking them, why do you feel that way? Is this really true? Where is this coming right. from? Are there any past experiences that is making you behave in a certain way? Exactly. And and here's, I'm thinking of a specific example too, where, so a lot of us have money stories where, you know, when you're taking your passion and you're turning it into your business, it's super scary because now it's not just your passion. You're asking people to pay you for it, which can feel really terrifying because if they don't want to pay for it, that can feel really scary. And so a lot of people, the negative voice in their head might be their parents saying there's not enough money. We have to save everything. You're never going to make it. You know, be really careful. Be really careful with money. Don't charge too much. You know, all of that. So, <laughs> right. And everybody has money stories. Everybody. I'm, I'm really learning that the more I work with people. I think of an example of a, of a passion-driven business. Um, I, I know I always talk about therapists. But, like, it, it, you know, if someone is a musician. Yeah. And they might think, how dare I ask people to pay me money, pay me good money for my music. Oh my goodness. This is, I, I better, I, I, I no one's going to pay for this or I can't charge this much. And what really might be going on is in the back of their heads, they're hearing their parents' voices saying, there's not enough money. No one's going to pay for that. Be, be really safe around money. That's a frivolous thing to spend money on. And it may, might be that those parents were teaching really strict money lessons because they might've been in survival mode. If, if you grow up in a family where money is scarce and you're scraping to get ahead, then those lessons of be really thrifty and really careful are really helpful. They help the family survive. But then later on, when it's time to step into a more abundance-minded attitude towards money, you might start taking really fearful action around money because you've got your parents chattering in your head or even, or even calling you and saying, how dare you? They might be on the phone. I don't know. (laughs) know? Uh, (laughs) Depends on what kind of parents you have, you know? Um, So yeah, it's, it, it really, our businesses show us where our old stuff is and that's fine. It's good. Now we get to deal with it because we know where it's showing up. Right, right. Let let me uh, let me double click on that a little bit. Right. So you're talking about the narrative that our upbringing kind of molds into our minds, right? Uh-huh. Now, how how do we unmold ourselves, or how do we start getting into that abundance mindset that you speak about? And especially with passion projects, I think this is more uh, prevalent. And the reason uh-huh. I say that is because 
you have some sense of guilt right you have some sense that i loved talking to jane it didn't feel like you know i'm doing work it felt like i'm talking to like a super interesting person now after that how dare i ask my listeners to donate some money to me because i want to see if i can make this into something that's viable aha aha so how how can we unmold those thought processes that are so uh, deeply entrenched in our minds from our parents that which is one thing but it could it could also be behavior sure. or, or a thinking pattern that we have picked up ourselves Oh, sure. So I think the first thing is naming it because it happens so automatically sometimes that we don't even realize we're doing it. You know, again, it's it's the fish in the fishbowl. You know, we just because I think this it must be true. And and so if you can name it and go, "Oh, wait a second. I'm making an assumption that just because I had fun doing this that somehow it's wrong to be paid for it. Well, huh. Now so so first is naming it. Oh, I just made an assumption. That's a story. And once you name a story, then you can examine it and get curious about it and go, "Okay, well, is that really true? Is it wrong to make money with something that you're actually enjoying? You know, where did I learn that? Did I learn that from society? Is that something I hear my family or friends saying? Uh, do I know anyone who's having a lot of fun and making money at what they're doing? What's the assumption there? And and then you can replace it and go and what if it's possible that the opposite is true? You know, how would I feel and behave if I believed that I could have money, you know, make money at something and have a blast doing it. And and then then our our brain starts to form little neural pathways, new pathways that go, "Oh, what if those things are possible? What if I can have both? What could that look like?" And then <laughs> the next thing is to act on it. And that's the scary part. You know, that's the part where we go, okay, I'm going to take some some scared action and I'm going to behave as if I believe this new thing is true and and I'm aware that I'm getting, my knees are going to be trembling, you know, I'm going to be my stomach's going to be fluttering and I might fail at this. This might not work out. I might get some pushback. But every time we repeat that scared action takes so much courage, right? Even sometimes just to take a tiny little step, it can take a lot of courage. But every time you do it, you're building your confidence and it's becoming a new way of thinking. And it's starting to kind of ingrain itself through your actions. It's starting to settle into your thoughts and your feelings. The first time I asked for a check, so I I had a job, a paid counseling job. Uh And the first time I had to ask someone for a check, to pay me money, I almost threw up. <laughs> I mean, it was terrifying to say, okay, that will be a hundred dollars. This was, I don't know how many years ago, but I, you know, to state my fee, I almost threw up and I think I stuttered. <laughs> and then when, when they said, okay, here it is, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, they didn't punch me in the face or yell at me. <laughs> They paid me. <laughs> and then the next time, and then the next time, and every time I raise my fee, I go through that process where it's super scary. But the the repetition of courageous action helps us change how we feel. I have goosebumps, right? I'm, I'm kind of soaking in everything that you've said. And it makes so much sense. For me, it feels like it's a it's a muscle that you're exercising, right? It's, it's yeah. the muscle of, you know, taking deliberate action or, you know, calling out your own bullshit. 
or even absolutely doing something that you're so uncomfortable with that makes you want to throw up but you know right. that you're strong enough that you're going through it and you know that you're going to come out as a better person by the end of it absolutely the reframe i like to use is to thank thank the fear so so again like you were probably nervous the first time you recorded a podcast right or or you know hit send to to publish it i'm i'm assuming i mean it's it's a yes. new thing and yes, right yes, absolutely yeah. and now you do it a lot and you're creating great content and you're seeing that it's getting good feedback so it feels a lot more natural when people are doing those first baby steps of anything that's out of their comfort zone, I really do encourage them to say, you know, again, as if the fear comes up or the perfectionism or, or whatever that is, to notice it and to go, hey, thank you for what you're trying to do. <laughs> you know, your, our, our brains, we still have our caveman brains. And when we feel fear, our caveman brain thinks that a tiger is about to chase us, right? <laughs> so, so, you know, the first time I published a blog post, I was terrified and I had to remind my brain, hey, there's not a tiger chasing you. It's okay. <laughs> and so you can kind of, you can talk to the fear and thank it. And you can say, hey, thank you for trying to keep me safe from tigers. I really appreciate that. Uh, I appreciate that you're trying to keep me from facing criticism from other people or shame or whatever we're afraid of with this business. Um, and I would like to do this anyway. And so I realize you're afraid. Thanks for trying to take care of me, but here's what I'm actually gonna do, even though it's scary. Uh, and then the other thing is you get support. You know, I, anytime I'm gonna take courageous action, first of all, I have to promise myself I'm not gonna beat up on myself if it doesn't go well. Like I have to commit to that beforehand. Hey, I'm going to take a risk here. And if it falls through, I'm not going to beat myself to death. You know, I'm going to be really nice to myself and say, I'm so proud for that you took, had the courage to even try. Right. But the other thing is I get support. So I have other business owners who are supportive of me and I can call them and say, I'm scared. And they say, you can do it, Jane. Um, but also in my coaching, I've created a supportive mastermind of solopreneurs where they can do that with each other and they can encourage each other and say, Hey, you've got this. Don't listen to the negative voices, <laughs> you know, take that risk. We're so proud of you. So yeah, I it is, that. it's really changing how you feel. Yeah, absolutely. And for me, I can totally understand and relate to the power of community, the community that you've mm -hmm. built, how people can lean on themselves, right? Because now you're really enabling them to be connected because of you, because you facilitated those connections, but at the same time also derive support from each other. And as someone who is a part of like a bunch of communities, I totally understand why that's so important. And I think that's a big takeaway for anyone listening that find a bunch of other people who are doing the same thing or similar things that you're doing and talk regularly to them because it's very very apparent that they would have gone through the same insecurities same fears same whatever it is right and yeah it's nice to learn from their uh, their insights and their mistakes so that you don't have to make your own to learn them the hard way yeah absolutely and and make sure it's an encouraging community sometimes you might find a community that's 
kind of stuck in their own negative stories. I love having a community where not only are they encouraging and saying, Jane, you can do it, but if I'm believing my own fear stories, they will call me out on it. And they'll say, Jane, you're thinking small. This is ridiculous. <laughs> you can do this, you know? Stop believing your own worst. Yeah, they said, stop believing these your inner critic. That's ridiculous. You've got this. And, and they're tough on me sometimes. They have made me cry <laughs> where they're like, hey, you're not marketing yourself. Like this was um, about a year ago. I, I had sort of gotten into a marketing funk where I just wasn't putting myself out there. And they said, Jane, you're scared to put yourself out there. And I was like, I just don't have enough time. I'm busy. And they're like, no, you're just being a scaredy cat. And I started crying and they were like, oh, and by the way, we're going to get out the, the video camera and we're going to tape this and put it on Instagram <laughs> and, and we're, we're going to turn it into a coachable moment. And I was like, damn it. Okay, let's do this. So then I'm talking about, hey, I'm crying. And I was like, this is what business feels like. Sometimes you get called out on your stuff and you have to overcome your fears and you're going to cry when you're in business. And that's okay. This is part of the growth process. And it turned into one of my most popular posts. <laughs> so yeah, having group support is really, really important and really helpful. This is going to sound a little woo woo, but I really do believe that our businesses are here to grow us or, or whatever project you're doing. Like the, I, I fully believe that your podcast is here to grow you. And it probably is. I'm sure. I mean, I would assume you could confirm that, that it's, it's probably grown you in ways that you didn't even expect. Right. Yes, absolutely. And it's uh, kind of like that goldfish in a poor kind of a moment, because there were so many things that I was close to or all of these narratives that you spoke about or even the fact that there's so many more people in this world who are doing so many amazing things and yeah. I can just benefit from a conversation with them. I can benefit from just spending some time with them and how do we, how do you leverage that and how do you scale that in a way that this can impact more people? Absolutely. Even just what you just said now really hits on something very deep, which is that, you know, there's a lot out there about you got to scale it, you got to scale it, you got to crush it, you got to 10 X it and grow it. But when it really comes down to it, if you're asking yourself the question, how can I serve other people with this? You know, how can I add value to people? If that is your main priority, that is going to help dissolve so much fear. It's going to get you out of your own head and focused on other people, right? And thinking about, so if you're a musician and you want to make money as a musician, it's super scary when we're like, but what are people going to think of me versus who can I serve? How can I change their lives with my music? How can I brighten their day? And that is where the abundance comes in. And that's where scaling will start to happen naturally because people will start to talk about you. Yep. Absolutely. It's about a shift in perspective where we stop thinking about ourselves and we think about what it, what part of ourselves that we can give it to someone else that they can yeah. value it. Absolutely. With that, I want to come back to the money conversation too, because I think what happens with, when we talk about that, well, I just want to serve people. Now we can get into our money story. Well, so how dare I make money with this? 
It's something that's just meant to serve people. Like therapists deal with this all the time. <laughs> like how dare, how dare, I just want to help people. How dare I make money, right? So, and, and I'm, I'm guessing, you know, if we're talking about people creating a business out of their passion, that is going to start coming up. Where they're, Again, it's like, ooh, it feels icky to think about money with this thing that's always been my passion. So I want to, in case that's coming up for your listeners, I want to zero in on that and say, when people are paying you money for your work and for the value you're adding to them, you're actually serving them. That may sound a little weird. <laughs> it makes absolute sense. You're allowing them to invest in themselves, to put skin in the game where they're going to value it even more. People value the things that they've paid for. And so Banksy, the, the street, the famous street yeah. artist. Yeah, artists, okay. Right? Yeah. So he, but he's, he's really famous and he did this thing. So he was, you know, he's, no one knows exactly who he is, but he was kind of in disguise at a farmer's market or flea market. And he was trying to sell his paintings for $60 and no one was buying his paintings. But then, you know, about a month later, one of his paintings sold at auction for $2 million. And, wow. you know, and, and, it, and it was just, and then, it, of course, he did the, the stunt where he shredded it. But it was all a commentary on people value, th- like money is so subjective. But when right. you say, right. hey, I want you to value this, it, people enjoy it more. Like of, of $5 cup of coffee, I actually am going to enjoy more than the $1 cup of coffee. And there's research on that. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so when we are inviting people to invest in the pleasure that they're getting or the service that they're getting from our work, we're actually, they're more likely to get something out of it. And so it's actually a service. Yep. That's an amazing insight that, that you've uh, just shared with us. Like, that's phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> it's it literally changes our brain. I mean, they've done re- like brain research on it that you can actually see how it changes. It doesn't that wild. Like a um, if you go to a restaurant, I mean, not that we get to go to restaurants right now, but <laughs> <laughs> if you go to one with like paper plates and you know they can serve the same meal in one place, and if you then if you serve it at a restaurant that has a lot of ambiance and nice menus and fancy napkins and stuff it literally tastes better to the brain when people have spent money on the exact same thing so yeah so yeah I really want to encourage people who are starting a business or running a business based on their passion to absolutely ask others to value it with their money because you are give, you were doing them a service yep. even in a pandemic even in a pandemic you are not even in a pandemic, Jane, especially in a pandemic. What especially. are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? What are we doing with our time? We're watching Netflix, we're watching HBO, <laughs> we're watching YouTube. Yeah. People are listening yeah. to this show, they're listening to you and me speak. And exactly. They're, they're staying sane, they're staying entertained. They're uh-huh. getting so much out of this. Yes. And all of it for free. <laughs> right? And so a, a yeah. lot of it that they pay for, but a lot of it also for free. Creators are going through phenomenal amounts of effort and pain so that they can put their work out there and people can enjoy it. Now, yeah. I guess it's, it's about damn time that they, they realize that they're doing a service to people. <laughs> it's, um, it's, gosh, it's such an interesting time. I feel like this pandemic has turned a lot 
I mean, obviously, it's turned a lot on its head, but I think it's forced a lot of business owners to question their assumptions and and to be very flexible and to discover skills and strengths they didn't even know that they had. And, you know, I told you that I, I encouraged my clients to ask themselves the question, what if it's possible that this pandemic is the best thing that could have happened to my business? And I can tell you, Naga, it's the best thing that's ever happened to my business. And that does not, uh, disclaimer, this, I'm not happy about this pandemic. It is tragic. And I'm, I'm so sad and heartbroken that so many people, you know, I mean, I'm not happy about this. <laughs> like, I don't want to be insensitive. It's awful. Just in terms of how it's forced me to be flexible with my business and kind of shift how I'm serving my people, we've that's how we came up with this whole community and this is how like just the way i started delivering it differently and i've heard so many stories like that and again it's not going yay for global pandemics you know yay for tragedy but it's saying isn't it amazing what people are capable of when all of our the normal things we thought we could count on get flipped on their heads yep it's also so amazing that people can be so ingenuous and they can come up with mm-hmm. so many different ways to sustain themselves or thrive even in circumstances such as these absolutely there's i can't remember who said it but there's a quote that genius is born in limitations and it is it's amazing so one one of my favorite examples of this idea of that concept that when we when we have limitations it just forces us to access our creativity, right? The movie Jaws came out in the mid 70s. And they were having problems the whole time. Like it, the, they had this mechanical shark, and the salt water would get into it. And it kept breaking down, kept breaking down. The, they couldn't afford to film the movie, basically. So Steven Spielberg said, Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to film everything from the shark's eye view. So you won't actually see the shark. You'll just see what the shark is seeing. And you'll hear that scary music. (laughs) And so, so they completely flipped how they were filming the movie. And so then finally, when they were finishing up production, that's when the mechanical shark finally started working. So the first time you see the shark is towards the end of the movie. And the audiences lost their minds. The psychological buildup. Had, left, had built up so much fear that when they finally got a glimpse of the shark, they were like screaming, and like, you know, falling out of their chairs. And it became the blockbuster hit of the summer, you know, and, and it's still a classic movie. And so that was one of those things where this stupid broken shark that everyone thought was a disaster. I mean, they really thought it was going to be a disaster of a film and it ended up being the biggest movie and changing how horror films were made, you know? <laughs> and so, so you just don't know what's possible, right? Every time we go, oh no, this is terrible for my business. Maybe, maybe not, right? Like put on your creative brain and get into that curiosity thing and go, well, is it? Maybe, maybe it could be great. I don't know. Let's see. Let's have fun with this. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that's a phenomenal note for us to end our conversation and while we get there before we get there what's the best way to reach you and uh, how can people get in touch with you yeah my website is janecartercoaching.com and on my website i have a link where you can set up a free clarity call so if any of your listeners are solo business owners who would like some support i have a great little mastermind community but i i also i actually mostly do individual coaching and i'd love to set up a free call and hear 
about you know, what people are doing with their businesses or their business idea, they can contact me that way. And my email address is on there as well. I'd still love to just hear from people if they want to just comment on anything I said too. I just love having conversations with new people. <laughs> that sounds amazing. I'll make sure that I include uh, all your contact details and the details of your website on the show notes so that uh, people can find it there. Thank you so much. And, and my last thought for your listeners is just whatever the thing is, do it scared. Take imperfect action. <laughs> I'm not sure about you, but I definitely had a smile pasted across my face while I had that conversation with Jane. What stuck me from that conversation was that as passionate creators who are looking to monetize start a Patreon, Tartle, or Gixie account, we need to think about focusing on who we're making the content for and ensure that they're able to derive value. We are doing them a service and we deserve to get paid for our efforts. Remember that genius is born out of limitation and also to surround yourself with people who are better than you, who encourage and support you and your mission. Get better by doing what scares you little by little. In case you have not already subscribed to the show, do subscribe on the Epilogue website or your favorite podcast streaming platform. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a rating or review on your favorite pod chaser. It will help more people discover the podcast and chart their passion journey. This is Naga from the Passion People Podcast signing out. Stay passionate.